And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists, their Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green, and that was not a lot of fun last night in Salt Lake City as the University of Utah beats Florida in a game, Denny, that um, the coaching looked bad, the execution looked bad, the offensive line looked awful, but I'm happy that you know some Gator fans got what they wanted. They didn't want the tune-up game. They wanted to play the big boys right out of the gate, and here we are, an embarrassing performance uh, losing to Utah last night and the Gators 0-1 and in search of a lot of answers right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start. First off, obviously, I was wrong. Um, I was going to get to that. But secondly, I, I mean, it, it's... Whew. Man. <laughs> I, I think that's how a lot of Gator fans are feeling I, this it, morning. You know, I think you can watch a game at times and, and you can... You, there's a game within the game and, and you can justify certain things right you you can first game of the year um good team you're playing against all those kind of things but that's not the case last night and I think that's the reason why Florida fans are probably waking up a little bit more frustrated this morning than they were even during the game last night because what you saw last night quite frankly and I'm not going to sugarcoat this is you saw a team very ill-prepared you saw a staff that did not look prepared for the Gators and I got so many questions. I think that's the thing is like you, you go into what you hope as a fan is you hope that you get to week one and you have all these questions in the offseason and you hope that they're answered or you at least have an idea of what your identity as a team or what's been done in the offseason that's different than the year before is. I think you come in this morning and you don't have any of those answers. You have none of those answers. You you still have the same stupid crap being done over and over and over again, and I don't understand it. I mean, we, we can sit here all day and we can break down personnel, we can break down things like that, but it's the little things. It's the it's fourth and inches, and you go under center and you try to hard count them in their end zone. And you jump off sides. Okay, you shouldn't jump off sides, but that's just stupid. Yeah. That's just dumb. And, and, like, and, and at some point, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but at some point, you're Florida. Line up and run the ball down their throat. What, it's unreal. One of the things, and I was going to ask you about that, there's so many things I want to ask you about. Um, on third and short and on fourth and short, why are you doing so many calls at the line? Why are you so I mean, with that crowd noise, you it's, go up there and you snap the ball. It's and, maddening. It's it's absolutely maddening and inexcusable. And it's what you normally see a team do when they don't have the talent to compete. We all watch that game. Florida has the talent to compete with Utah, I believe. That was a masterclass in any way that you can screw up a game, you did. You have been a head coach at the high school game. You've obviously been around the game. It's what you do for a living, and you're very successful at it with six points. I've seen a lot in the world of football. I don't know if I've ever seen a penalty where two guys were wearing the same jersey number on the field on the same play. 
I mean, I went to Mandarin Middle School here in Jacksonville, went to Wolfson High School, and I was tempted to call my Wolfson coaches and my Mandarin coaches from 25, 30 years ago to ask them if they've ever been penalized for sending two guys on the field during the same play wearing the same jersey number. I mean, what are we doing? Is this Pop Warner peewee football? Well, that is embarrassing embarrassing on national freaking television let, 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 let me let me say it this way because i i, I want to be crystal clear in this i i am the last person to ever say that a coach is in over his head or anything like that i i, I believe in uh, that's a very hard job however it ain't hard not to send the same player out there with the same jersey number when you have the staff numbers that they have at florida and when the university has put the money into the program that you have asked for at the University of Florida, and you run out there and you do that, nobody knows. Like, that's not on the players. That is not a freshman's responsibility, like what was said at halftime. And, and, I, and I can't believe that that's actually what he said. I don't know if y'all caught that, but coming out of halftime, the report was that it was the, the, the freshman returner, uh, Wilson. Eugene Wilson was supposed to put on number 33. Was right. apparently the thing. Well, well that's not. I mean, that, come on. Let, let's let's be a reasonable. Got to change Let, a jersey. Let's be mid-game. reasonable here, coaches. Like you don't. You've got ninety players over there, right? There's not somebody else not wearing three, right? Like th- that's not on the player. You got all these coaches. You got all these eyes, man. You got to see that, and that was a big point in the game. I, I, it, it, man, I don't even know where to start. We we could do a two hour show right now on the miscues on the Florida side that are inexcusable. Well, we're not going to do two and hours. It wouldn't be enough. We're going to do like 40 minutes. So we're going we're gonna to hit it hard because there's a lot more to get to. All right. We've talked about the false starts. We've talked about sending two players on the field with the same number. Now let's get to illegal formation. <laughs> on a couple of third and shorts, you had, I believe, at least two, maybe three, illegal formations where you didn't have enough guys on the line of scrimmage. Again, this is first day install stuff, right? It's 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 embarrassing. I, I don't know any other way to say it. It's it's embarrassing, and I and I don't. I I don't even know how to say this. Like I, I because I I don't want to come across as like I don't believe in what they're doing in Gainesville because I I do. But man, I can't defend that. I cannot defend what we saw last night. I, this game could have gone a million different ways. That way, I never expected hack. I'll be honest, like I never expected to watch that game, and you're always going to have first game mistakes, but I never expected that the University of Florida would roll out there and they would look like that from an organizational standpoint. And if you're Billy Napier, by the way, you wake up this morning and and you are looking at this going, okay, whatever we're doing is not getting across. And if you say anything other than this one's on me, then I, I, I don't know about you. Because you have to look inside right now and go, how are we operating? How are we communicating? What are we doing during the week that is not getting through? Because you changed defense coordinators and the defense played better. But you still had the same issues. Mm-hmm. You still had th- basic play. That first play is a basic play. A basic play. You're in man free. You're in the right coverage. Just don't get beat deep. And you get beat deep. I'll tell you this, too. Um, they got a big problem on the offensive line. Graham Mertz is not going to last the year. In fact, Graham Mertz, I actually thought, wasn't half bad last night. That offensive line's going to get him killed. And look, I don't want to single out a collegiate athlete. 
But there was one player in the starting O-line last night that maybe you understand now why he was in the transfer portal. Because he wasn't going to play where he was, and he wanted to get on the field, and he got on the field last night, and he was awful. Yeah, there there was some... I was very curious last night. I don't know if y'all noticed this, but uh, Florida was a heavy throw into the boundary team last night. I, I, I don't know if y'all noticed And run, that. too. The, the, yeah, the, it the, was driving me nuts, the man. Run, but the run thing, I can a little bit understand at time, Graham, because, because of numbers, right? I, and I can understand that a little bit, but you're right. I don't understand, though, like they they threw into the boundary an insane amount of times, and they... And it was like, why didn't you... With, like, trips to the boundary. Right, right, right. So th- let's talk about why that could happen. And, and this goes to what you're saying. There's a couple different scenarios on why you do that. One, you think you have an advantage defensively. They play something defensively that you feel like you get numbers out there, and so you feel like you can take advantage of that. Two is, which I don't think was the case last night, two is you got to get rid of the ball quick. Right? Something's got to happen quick. We're not going downfield. you got to get rid of the ball quick. Three is... Uh, you just don't have that much faith in your quarterback's arm, right? I thought Graham Mertz played fine. I don't yeah. think he did anything great, but I thought he did everything that you could ask of him last night with the situation in the hand that he was dealt last night. I don't know with the speed that they have in in, in Wilson and what they have with Pearsall, I don't know why they didn't spread him out more. I, I don't understand that. I don't know. Like, it, I don't know if that was the plan into the boundary. Well, Utah had injuries on the defense, too. That, I mean, that, some of their dudes were not out and there. And that's the other thing, right? We're, we're talking about a Utah team here who was down, I think, six starters. Three of their best players, right? Yeah. I mean, you basically took their top three players and took them out of the game. And, and this game wasn't this at times. This game was was going to be a runaway, a blowout. I, it's it's disheartening, man. But I don't. I guess my bigger point, Hack, is I think you know you're probably right with this offensive line. They probably understand that's a weakness because they didn't run the ball the way that I thought they'd run the ball. Not as much. They didn't have as much of a commitment. Now, when you get hit for seven the first play, that has an effect. But they didn't have as much of a commitment to the run as what I assumed there would be. Etn didn't get the touches that he should get. Right, I, I don't. I, I that part I didn't understand. So, I think we need to see what this season is going to look like the next couple of weeks to see what truly is the issue with the offense, or was it just a play calling thing? Because it was obvious to me last night, and probably to everybody watching, that they favored that boundary way too much, and I I want to know why. You know, and I had a couple of Gator fans last night trying to find some silver lining in a night where there just simply wasn't any. Oh, it's 24-11. They're driving with five minutes to go. Yes, that's true. Utah was without a number of starters, and Utah didn't play very well. Look at all the drops and things that Utah had. They didn't play very well, and they still, it was very little doubt in the fourth quarter as to who was going to win that football game. Kyle Whittingham even said as much. We were not sharp tonight, and they won the game by two touchdowns, and quite frankly, the Gators were lucky. It was only two touchdowns. If I can find any silver linings, we're going to bash him enough. We've already done it. Um, Wilson looks like he's going to be a player. TJ Searcy looks like he's going to be a player. There were some young dude, Marcus Burke from here in Jacksonville at Trinity Christian. Jamar James played a hell of a game. Yeah, there were some young guys that looked like they were going to be something. Um, Florida still doesn't have a kicker. Uh, How Florida, the University of Florida cannot functionally kick a 31-yard field goal. I mean that that's bonkers to me. 
and, and it's been that way. And that's not a Napier thing. That goes back for a long time now. Is that why they went for two? I don't know. I don't know. That that, that was weird. That too. was an analytics thing. I, I, no, I dude, I I that's not an analytics thing. Well, he made the one kick. He made the first I, because one. I mean, and no, they absolutely did not have to have that two point. That, that that was I thought was very odd that you went for two in that scenario. And I'm just kind of piggybacking on what you're no, I do, saying. No, I do think kicker. though that I mean, again, I I don't know analytics for anything, but if you talk to some coaches like on their sheet. 15 to 13 is one of the things. I don't understand it. No, this brought it. This was a three score game. Well, no, it was 24 to nine when they scored, and then they went for two to make it 24 11. It would have been 24 to nine had they not gotten it. So it was still a two touchdown game. It would have been two possessions still. Yeah, it it didn't make any sense to me. I I, I don't understand the difference. But but I guess the the, the bigger point to the kicking game is like, I I, I don't know enough about all that. I think there's a lot of silver linings. I I do. But it, you have to. You have to be able to say that as a Florida fan. You have what, what's tough about talking about silver linings in a game like that is is it makes you realize where you're at in a, as a program. Like that's the reality of it. Is you, you as a Florida fan, we're talking about the most basic of basics when we're talking about silver linings. And listen, you are where you are. I mean, and and you can blame it on a million different things. I mean, you, you can blame it on recruiting under Mullen. You can blame it on transfer portal. You can blame it on. Guys leaving early, you can blame you can blame it on a million different things. But the reality is, you are where you are as the University of Florida, and that's tough to admit right now, right? It, because we were just doing it a couple years ago, right? So there's something going on down there, and and the expectations of this football team, as low as they were going into last night, were still too high, and that. Sucks to admit as a Florida fan. I want to expand on that in a moment because you said something that I wanted to get to. Uh, Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com and you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries and sports. A majority, a majority of realistic Gator fans understood what 2023 was going to be. You and I talked about seven and five, right? I think we would both sign on for seven and five right now. Seven and five might be ambitious after what I saw last night. Um, But I think Gator fans would have been okay with the loss last night if it didn't look like a clown show. Agree. If it didn't look like the Keystone Cops out there. It was the way they lost, and quite frankly, it was the way the coaching staff did not look prepared. That is what has Gator fans in a tizzy this morning. Not the loss, but the clown show that it turned into at times. No, I completely, 100% agree with that. I, I don't I don't want to overreact to this because, you know, this time last year we were the other way around. Right, we're over the moon talking about. Oh my gosh, this Gator team's got a chance, and then they didn't. So, I mean, obviously, you're supposed to improve during the season, and they have a game that they should win next week, and and then you just kind of get back on track and go. But you're right, it, you just the mistakes that were made last night. I don't, I don't know how you come into a season and make those mistakes in game one. In yeah. game one, like you said, I mean the 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 illegal formation penalties, the things like that. Like it's just, 
as a fan, you sit there and you watch, and and it's like, okay, you know, you, you take like you take the 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 two number threes. It doesn't take anybody. My wife is sitting there watching. My wife knows more about football than most people. But my wife is sitting there watching last night, and we got to get that penalty, and she's just looking at me like, what in the world? I saw a stat. Graham Hall, I believe, uh, our buddy in Gainesville, the Gainesville Sun, he put on Twitter that he did research on that penalty. He couldn't find a penalty with two guys wearing the same jersey number in a Division One college football game over the last six years. I think it was called in – some Big Ten game in like 2017. Now, to be fair, to, and uh, to be fair on that, that is a fairly new rule that they're allowing people to wear multiple jerseys, like yeah. within the last decade or so. And you can't—I don't think you can do that, like in high school or anything like that. But because they don't have the numbers to do it anyway. I mean, maybe in some of the bigger schools. But I, I, regardless, it's a rule that doesn't ever happen because most of the time, when you put your depth chart together, you go, "Oh crap." We have two number threes. They can't be out there together. And they're both on punt return. That's my point. And one is the returner. Right. That's my point. Like it, you, you, that just don't happen because it don't happen. These guys are paid a lot of money. These staffs are large because somebody in a meeting can go, Hey, we got two number threes. We can't have two number threes. And so even if at the end of that you say, okay. Uh, these give us the best chance at this position to win. Are you sure? Because you got ninety guys over here. Are you sure that that gunner? I don't know who the the second number three was. I don't know. Jason Marshall. Okay. Are you sure he needs to be out there? Yeah. Like, are you positive he needs to be out there? Do we, can we just put Pearsall back there? Like, or or let's not have this dumb idea of having somebody put a new jersey on just to fill the punt. Like I. Such it's a stupid maddening. idea, dude. You got a true freshman in his first college football game, and you're going to ask him to switch jerseys during the game? Hey, okay, and who's responsible for that? Because it, it can't be the player. One of the hundred people Billy Napier has hired for that staff. And, and I think that, that play right there sums up why Gator fans this morning, and fair or unfair to Napier, because he's still new there, it is the University of Florida, and it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hot stove all the time there, it is a pressure-packed job, but that's not pressure. That's common sense. Yeah. And, and and you sat there and watched a game last night where common sense was defied multiple times. All right. So more on that game. To me, we're going to enjoy the 11 games for what they are. I think they're going to lose a lot of games this year. I'm not breaking any news there. Um, this season's about keeping the 2024 class together. They got a top five class. Now we'll begin to see. That was the biggest question coming in. My biggest concern is that Florida was going to lose and maybe lose some of that class. I did not think they would lose and become the Keystone Cops on national television. Nothing has happened this morning. I don't expect Florida to lose that many people. At least my hope is that. I know you're around a lot of these quarterbacks. You're still somewhat in the recruiting game nationally. Do you have a concern that if this season goes south, like it appears it will, based on last night, that some of that class will go away? Um, yeah, obviously, but I don't think that's the biggest concern. I don't even think that that's in the list of biggest for the concerns. twenty for having a top five. That's the that's a silver lining. What do we always heck, say? Heck, Florida's going to lose six heck, games. There's a much bigger issue here. Well, you, you the the issue here right now at the University of Florida, be it this staff or the staff previous is the development of the players. It, it doesn't matter. There's, there's schools that it doesn't matter who you sign. 
Like if you don't develop them, if they're not getting better year after year, if things aren't changing and you aren't getting better year after year, that's irrelevant. See, but I think last night we talked about the silver linings. T.J. Searcy and Wilson and Shamar James. I mean, there were some young guys that looked good. Sure. Do we give them credit for developing them? No, they're brand new. They recruited them. Like, what What changed with all the guys that are there? Uh, well. Like, I mean, it, and I get what you're saying, and I'm not hating on what you're saying, but, man, that is a – I think that is a conversation for November. I, but, but, I, I don't – I don't I, like, I don't – you – if I – if my kid is a highly recruited kid, let's be clear about this. He's going somewhere with the thought of I'm going there for three years to get ready to play on Sundays. That's the goal. Right. That's the goal. And if if my kid is is committed somewhere and I'm watching and I'm saying, wait a second, wait just a second, I'm not seeing a change, I'm not seeing development, then my kid's not going there. But what do we always talk about with Florida, or at least people I talk to, and I think you're on this this boat, Florida fans knew this was going to be a bad year. But it's about hope for the future. And what's hope for the future? That top five recruiting class is hope for the future. I'm with you. And if you start having guys jumping off the Titanic and leaving the 24 class based on the 23 results on the field, then you begin to lose hope for the future. And then that becomes a double problem for Napier and his staff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not, I'm not saying you're wrong, Hack. I'm just saying that for me this morning, waking up this morning, I didn't even think about recruiting. I won't think about recruiting until. I see this play out over and over again. What I'm thinking about is can you work with and develop the guys that you have? Can you put them in the right position to win football games? Right? Because if you can't, it don't matter who you have. Right? You cannot depend on guy after guy just making an amazing play and having an amazing athlete. That's not what Georgia does. That's not what Alabama does. They get these guys in and they develop them and they don't make mistakes like Florida made last night. Basic mistakes. Right. The goal with all this is not to finish number one recruiting. The goal is to win football games. And you can't win football games if you don't clean up what you got. I am not saying Billy Napier is not the guy. I like, I know, and I like Billy a lot. I know a lot of people on that staff, and I like the staff, and they work hard. But results are results. And what I saw last night isn't about recruiting, it's not about talent. It's about not being in a position to win a football game that you should have been in position to win over stupid mistakes. You know who else I like? I like to this day, and I liked him when he was the head coach at Florida. I liked Will Muschamp. Sure. Everybody liked Will Muschamp. Everybody wanted to see Will Muschamp succeed. That's why he got four years there, but at a certain point, you just knew it wasn't going to work. Great recruiter, bad game day coach. Again, it's 14 games in. It's not fair to do this to Napier, but it's the job we have, and it's the world we live in. He's going to start getting the must-champ comparison where Gator fans like him, but yet the losses keep piling up. But I, I do think I, – so I don't think it's fair to call for somebody's job, but I do think it's fair. And I think I think if Billy Napier was sitting right here and you were having a beer with him and it wasn't, there wasn't a camera roll and he'd tell you the same thing, I think it is more than fair to expect um, organization yeah. and execution out of your staff. I think I don't think that that's out of bounds, and and I never talk about firing people. Like I know how hard this job is, and I know how hard they work, and how badly they want to win. And they can't fire Billy. I mean, they just absolutely can't. Well, do and it. They, there's no, there's not a reason no, there's to no, fire there's, Billy right now. I've been I've been pe- preaching patience to Gator fans. Look at Norvell and Tallahassee. They were a clown show. Uh, they lost to Jacksonville State on the final play of the game in Dope Campbell. You can't get more of a clown show than that. 
And now you and that was less than two years ago. Let's, and now you look at Norvell now. Let's stay on Florida State. What you got to be certain of is that you have Mike Norvell and not Willie Taggart. Mm-hmm. Right? That that's the thing is you got to be certain right now that you have Mike Norvell and not Willie Taggart. And so when you when you talk about this year and you talk about what we're looking forward to, you're you're looking for that. You're looking for wait, is this a team that is showing signs of function and that is getting better and improving and is this a staff that's getting better in situational football and are we doing things the right way? And if we are, then the discipline will continue and you will get better. And then you start to stack recruiting classes and you start to learn what you need in the portal and things like that. I thought last night, for the most part, if it wouldn't have been for the stupid mistakes, if we weren't talking about the offsides, if we weren't talking about the blown coverage on the first play, if we weren't talking about two number threes on the field, if we weren't talking about things like that. Legal formations. The kids played their asses off. Yeah. It was a very physical football game. Caleb Douglas made a big boy catch. Marcus Burke did some nice things. Again, Wilson's going to be a stud. Yeah, so I, I think you can look at that, but I think as Florida fans, like that's the thing you have to find out. Do things week each week get progressively better? And if they do, okay, let's be patient. Let's roll through this year. Let's go. You got to be patient anyway, like you just said. You can't fire him. No. Uh, real quick, uh, Southeast Orthopedic Specialist brings you Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network they are the leading orthopedic center providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations that's in both jacksonville and st augustine you can check them out at riverside north side the south side the beaches fleming island and st john's and we certainly always appreciate the good folks at southeast orthopedic specialists we got about five minutes to go graham mertz you're the quarterback guy your thoughts on graham mertz not only last night but what you see uh, and hope moving forward I was, I mean, I was impressed with Graham last night. I, I thought that he showed a lot of composure. Um, he's got he he's got some talent. I, I I mean, they rarely tried to push the ball at the field. That, that's that was a little weird to me. Um, Utah early on came out and in base man free, and you know there was a play early on where they ran Pearsall in motion and then just quick hit him, and then the safety made up the ground and made the tackle, right, or, or the corner, whoever was on him. And I, I thought, well, okay, well, they're going to come back. If they're that aggressive, they're going to come back, take a shot down the field with that same motion, and they never did, right? Like, it, it seemed to me like they were fine with just taking what was underneath and seeing if one of their guys could make a play, even when they were down significantly. So I, I don't I don't put that on Graham. I don't know what Graham's arm strength is. I don't know. Is that an issue? I, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at the game plan into the boundary, everything short. Yeah, the fourth and 14 three-yard button hook was an interesting call. It was, it was ridiculous. No, that got batted but, down at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> but but that also could be just because they knew he wouldn't have time to throw. Yeah. So there 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 are a number of reasons that I think that will play out over the year. But, I, but Graham Mertz specifically – there were about four different times last night where I'm like, okay, well, we're going to find out who the backup is. Like, I mean, he got pummeled last night, and he kept popping up. I mean, I thought he did some nice things. I thought he was fairly accurate. I thought he made good decisions. I, I just don't know. I'd have to see the all 22 to truly grade that out because I don't know if anybody was open 10, 15, 20 yards down the field because we didn't, we didn't try it even. Aside from the opening play of the game, which was a disaster for the defense, I thought Austin Armstrong's defense was okay. Were they great? No, but they were okay. They they were not the problem last night. Yeah. Um, you disagree. 
I thought they played hard. I I, I don't. I mean, when you schematically, only allow- schematically, I didn't think that they were they did anything special. I, I I thought, you know, the first play is what it is. You're a man free, and your safety jumps on the over. I guess like, that's my that, point. That can't happen. For 58 minutes of that game, they allowed 17 points on the road. If you do that in college football, yeah, but you you, said you play this, well enough to win. You said this earlier. There were a couple of key yeah, mistakes by Utah. That's key fair. mistakes. Guys running wide open. Um. So I don't know. I I. I it's the morning after. I don't want to overreact, but I'll put it this way. I, there are some talent wise, there are some things that you can look at that game and, and you can say, all right, there, there's an improvement. There's nothing schematically coming out of that game last night that you go, oh, I'm excited about this on either side of the football. Or special teams. Or special teams. For that matter. All right, quickly. Uh, Florida State, LSU, the game of the week. It is down in Orlando. That should be a really good one Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I I think this is a this is a huge game for for Florida State in the sense of you you're coming off of a big year. There's big expectations, and you have it. Th- I feel like this is a game for them. And y'all tell me if you disagree. Where a lot of times we talk about teams being back, like I I think this is one of those games for them. I I think if if Florida State is back to stay, um, they've got a chance to make that statement on Sunday night. If they if they take one on the chin, and I don't think they will, I think they I think they'll win this football game. But if they take one on the chin, then then that that's going to be a tough blow. But they're a very talented football team and and the very talented I staff. I, I think this is a big big game it, for. It, they've got this certain level of expectation right now. If they lose that game, that it's not like the season's over. Not at all. They're still going to be mm-hmm. good, but like. Kind of that echelon they're being put in right now, they're going to get knocked down a peg, I think. Yeah, and there was a time, we t- I mean, and Miami falls into this too, but there was a time where, you know, Florida State, they, you, they were your game. Like, if you play Florida State, that's the game you circled. So that's the expectation that we all have in the state of Florida for all three of the teams. And if you're, if you're Florida State heading into Sunday night, you have a chance to reclaim that. And, and by the way, we should take this as a positive as Florida fans because – do y'all remember a couple years ago the Clemson game where the guy was reading the book? Do y'all yes. remember that? Yes. And how uncompetitive that was? In an empty stadium. That wasn't that long ago, guys. That, no. Things can turn around like that. Well, I go back to the Jacksonville State Hail Mary. That was September of 2021. That, the last play of the game that beat them. That's encouraging. Yeah. I mean, you, you can go through and you can see times where you're like, I mean, hell, Florida, Florida State. For a couple years, like Florida was like, oh, well, that's never going to be a game again. And now. It's the other way around. So I think if if you're a Florida fan, you got to look at that and go, okay, well, college football's fluid in that way right now, and things can improve if you hit the right buttons. I agree with all that. The, the here's the the sticking issue. I know we got to go quick. Um, that offensive line couldn't block me last night. You can have all the hope you want. You can say, well, Florida State was able to turn it around, and and everything's great. If that offensive line doesn't play better. Graham Mertz is going to get killed. Oh, I wasn't saying that. That I'm just saying that's a reason for hope in general. Right. Florida State had that same issue. I mean, you go back to yeah, they did. You go back to Francois and 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 all those guys. Those guys were it's a getting miracle killed. James Blackman is still alive. Yes, they were getting absolutely throttled. And by the way, I can't let this slip. Florida's line absolutely could block you. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Although I don't know, there, there was a no, time, no. I know there was a time last night, particularly on I don't know the right side of that line. Hacker, not, you I don't know if seventy six could block Hackton. Yeah, seventy six sure. had a bad night. I will put 
everything I have. Holding call. No, <laughs> Hacker, you're not young. That's true. That's true. I did don the pads at the Wolf Den, though. <laughs> I've had a rough start to football. <laughs> Wolfson lost by 37 last week. The Gators lost. Hey, I'm all about the Jaguars, man. Go Jags. Nine. I know your boy Anthony Richardson's starting, but the Jaguars might be the only hope I have this year for football uh, Another team that can let you know you can turn around quick. That, that's right. That's true. That's a good point. All right. So next Friday, and I'm really pumped about this, we're going to break down McNeese State and Florida. What a, what a matchup that's going to be. And, could uh, McNeese State block you? Uh, McNeese State. I don't know if McNeese State can block <laughs> me. We'll see. McNeese State, don't even get me started on this because we're wrapping up. McNeese State is who Florida should have played last night. For all you Gator fans that were screaming, we're tired of the Citadel, we're tired of Ball State, we want to play good teams, right? Iron sharpens iron. That's what college football is all about. You enjoying this morning? And you're going to get more of that because next year, not only do you play eight Southeastern Conference games, eight of them, you play UCF, Miami, and Florida State next year. It arguably is the toughest schedule in the history of college football. And why is Florida doing that? Why? Because you Gator fans, some of you, if not most of you, were screaming from the hilltops. Tired of playing uh, directional U. So now you made your bed, and now you're going to have to lie in it. I, I, You know, in the past, I've been like one of the few guys with you on this. Mm -hmm. You know that. That's I'm, not I'm why. still with you. That's not why they did it. They did it for money. Well, they did it for money. Flat out money. And, but the Gator fans were screaming in about the, it. In the past, like we were saying that because if you lost that first game, it's like, oh, crap, like our season's over. That's not the situation anymore. Like, I mean, this team's not a national championship team. This team's not going places like that. So I, I don't have a problem with it. What's right the point now. of getting your head kicked in on national TV on Well, because night? what you hope is Does you, that you help don't. the brand? What, yeah. What, what, it doesn't help the brand, but what, when that game's scheduled, you weren't intending to be this bad. Yeah, that's you, true. You, you, I mean, when that game is scheduled, you thought it was going to be LSU, FSU. Nobody's looking at FSU going, why are y'all playing LSU right now? Everybody's excited about it. It's, it's, it is a, it is how far this program has fallen in a short amount of time that has me going, ah, well, it don't even matter. Whether they're awful or whether they're Swamp Kings in the late 2000s, they don't need to play games like last night. When you have eight SEC games and Florida State every year, you simply do not need to do it. Well, it's not going to matter in a couple of years anyway. Well, but it matters now. No, I know, but you know and what I mean. They, like, they went on national TV last night and were the Keystone Cops. That's and every third Keystone Copper. Clown show. All right, how about this? <laughs> he made it his first one, and he's like, I got, I got it. They <laughs> went on national TV last night and embarrassed themselves. Yeah, you, all right. That's, but, Hack, that's I fair. do agree with you. There's no there's no motivation to play those games competitively. I, I know, obviously, there's outside of the, the yeah. game motivation financially, but, like, what's the point? I don't know, man. You I, play in the toughest the conference in college football, and you already have Florida State out of conference. And to your point, you don't need loved, to schedule games. I, I like will that. admit, yesterday I was driving. Sorry, Florida fans. I was driving back from Athens yesterday, and I was excited about the game. And I, I wouldn't have too. been excited if it was Northern Illinois. I would be. I, I, I would. Well, I, like I wouldn't. If you play Northern Illinois, excited. you're one and zero. I, I understand. You don't get I'm the just, hell beat out of you on I'm, national TV. But what I'm saying is, I'm not gonna. I, I'm with you on all of this, but I'm not gonna be a hypocrite because. Like yesterday, I'm like, man, this is sweet. Like Florida is playing a major game on Thursday night to kick the college football season off. This is fun. And, and then it wasn't. I of course, it's exciting. But like, I would love to have played McNeese State when all the illegal formations happen. Yeah, exactly. And all the holding calls to get happen. your offensive line accustomed Fair. to Graham Mertz some time. All right, final thought. You, do you know what Ball State, Western Carolina, Mercer, UMass? Southeast Louisiana, New Mexico, Alabama, A&M, 
Middle Tennessee and Tennessee Martin have in common? Well, they all play SEC teams. Those are all yeah. opponents for SEC teams yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Well, you, you well, and Florida decides to play Utah. Well, you forgot FSU. Well, that's that's the one. Yeah, but I, I mean, I just listed the ten teams. That are playing directional yeah, use. But, I mean, if you go back just a year or two ago, like, I mean, Alabama was playing whoever on opening well, weekend. Fine. Georgia was playing Clemson. Like, I, I Maybe mean, this is the SEC snobbing me. Eight games like that and Florida State in the out-of-conference, it's nonsense. You schedule Bama games like last night. Bama for this for years, and they've got their Texas home at home right now. Yeah. I know yeah. Texas in the SEC next year, but it's they're not right now. So yeah. Hey, I, just, yeah. I hope Gator fans enjoyed that last night. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to Gator Bites, 1010XL.com, and the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.